welcome to the Business Success Club. I want to say welcome and you are in for a treat in this group. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. And on this podcast, what we really want to establish is this. How do hardworking entrepreneurs build profitable and scalable businesses whilst having the freedom and balance to do the other things they love? like family, vacations, sports, fun, adventures, and charity. So let's tune into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Business Success Show with the business coach, Mac Atram. And today I have the absolute pleasure to be in conversation with Efrasini Adamides. It is a mouthful, but she's an amazing person, great soul, We've known each other for many, many years, more than 10 years, probably coming up to, I don't know, maybe you can remind me, it's a long time now. So uh, I want to say welcome to the Business Success Show, Efrasini. Thank you for having me, Mac. And yeah, I think it's been about 10 years. Uh, I want to say it was like 2010 or 11, around that sort of time. Right, so, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It must be 10 to 12 years and it's good to see uh, how you've been doing in business and growing and globetrotting and changing lives internationally. Amazing to watch. So well done with that. So let's get into it. So Efrasini, tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial background. How did you get started? What got you started? What got me started? Well, I think I've always had a little bit of a heart of an entrepreneur. Like even from being a, a young kid, I've always been a hustler. I remember getting my first job when I was 13 years old because I wanted to have my own pocket money and have the freedom in order to buy things that I wanted to do. So all through high school, I've always had one or two jobs. And even through university, I had a couple of side hustles, um, even doing promotions for nightclubs. You know, I was an employee in a nightclub and I went to my boss and I gave him an idea about doing a promotional night and giving me the door takings. And I would bring in different uh, events, different artists, different DJs. And uh, that was a very lucrative um, business for me. I was making a lot more money back then than my first job that I got straight out of university. <laughs> but the thing is, is that it was, I've always been like, had one foot in in a job because, you know, I had mom and dad telling me from a very long time, you know, you got to have security, make sure you're getting good grades, go to university, because having a good job and security is the most important thing in life. So I followed that path. But I always had a side hustle because my heart wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to be free. But it wasn't until 2010 where I literally took the leap of faith and I said, OK, enough is enough. I'm going all in, no more having a safe, secure job as a plan B. I want to be a full-time entrepreneur and uh, haven't looked back since then. Right now, you're joining us um, from Cyprus, right? Uh, and so tell, a little, tell us a little bit about your background. So I think your family originally from Cyprus, then you, you lived in Australia for a little while, and then you started, started traveling around the world. Yeah, we moved to Australia when I was 10 years old because my dad was a geologist. So couldn't get any jobs in Cyprus. The mines had shut down. So two options. Either he was going to turn into a farmer and he didn't spend 10 years in university doing that or move somewhere else. And uh, we definitely moved to the furthest point in the world from Cyprus. First time being in an airplane, it was relocating to Australia. So that was an experience uh, when you're 10 years old. So I spent about 18 years of my life in Australia. I do still call Australia my second home. 
And then after Australia, went back to Cyprus for a bit. I ended up working for Warner Brothers Movie Studios. I was doing the marketing for them, run a radio station in Cyprus. And in 2006, decided Cyprus is way too small for me, and I moved to London. Right. And since then, been globetrotting, like you said. You know, I've lived uh, in lots of different places, traveled in many, many places, and uh, call myself a citizen of the world rather than a permanent residence, a resident of anywhere. And in London is where we met then, right? So in London is it where is, we met. Yeah. yeah, I think we met at the Yes Group, if I recall. That was our first. All right. Okay. Okay. And funnily enough, I remember years after I was in Australia, Melbourne doing an event and I happened to find out you were in the same city doing an event as well. So I came and checked you out, see what you was doing. That's amazing. <laughs> that was the coolest, by the way. I mean, what are the chances yeah. of being in the same city at the same time at the other side of the world? And we had, we had a fun day out as well. It was, it was a fun day. Thank you for showing me around the city, you know. And listen, I want to get into it here and say, look, we are, you are a person who doesn't get stopped. You are, you know, a, a lady who's unstoppable. It doesn't matter what the situation is, the circumstances is, once you've made up your mind, you just go for it. You know, if, if I know you've developed teams all over the world, and if they need you, you just get on an airplane, you're going to help them out and sort them out so they can start thriving. As a, as a, as a global economy, there are murmurings that we are heading for a recession. Well, we are in recession already. We are heading towards a depression, apparently at some stage. Yep. For our listeners here, or watchers, how can a small business owner now prepare for the upcoming, well, it's uncertain. It's a lot of uncertainty. How can they prepare and thrive in, that, in, those, in those situations? How have you managed it all over the world? So the thing is, is that, um... I mean, I'm, I'm actually grateful for recessions, Mac, because if it wasn't for the recession of uh, 2008, if you remember the property crash, I remember. Probably would not have been at the situation where I was forced to create a new side hustle because I was in real estate at the time. And then, you know, the market crashed. And all of a sudden, I found myself with two properties worth uh, less than what the mortgages were and 40,000 pounds of credit card debt which was an interesting situation to be in. Um, and I came across network marketing and direct sales. And that was the time that made me wake up to the fact that having multiple sources is key, but more important, sorry, more importantly, is having the right mindset when a recession hits, because recession is like any other adversity. Mm. It can either basically grow you stronger or it can basically throw you out of the game. And I'll never forget, my mentor always used to say, adversity causes some people to break and some to become record breakers. Right. And choose right. which category you want to fall into. So the thing is, is that the last recession that happened in 2008, 2009, I was like most people, I freaked out, you know, because one minute you think you're thriving and you got everything sorted out and next minute, like the whole world, I, I remember I came across one of my Facebook posts around 2008 and my Facebook post said, I am sick and tired of hearing about the credit crunch. <laughs> no wow. more recession talk. Um, because like a lot of people, I went into fear mode and I went into kind of like inwards 
But because I came across personal development and network marketing at the same time, and I started developing my mindset, I started seeing that a recession is a good thing if you're prepared for it. It's like a winter season, okay? If you're going into winter, and I had the pleasure of living in Lithuania for about a year, and it was winter of my life, minus 15 to 20 degrees per day. Mm. And I'll never forget, I, I was sitting down in a presentation and there was this lady next to me and I was freezing. It was minus 10. I felt like the heating wasn't, you know, hot enough. And she's just sitting there relaxed and she looked at me and she goes, hmm, you're cold. And I said, yeah, I'm a little bit cold. She goes, you're never cold. You just have the wrong outfit. Oh, there you go. It really stuck in my mind because it really kind of goes into the same kind of thing that as we're going into a recession right now, the ones that should be fearful are simply the ones that are not prepared. Right. But if you're prepared, a recession is a great time of opportunity because there's so many companies that were born during recessions. There's so many types of businesses that also thrive during a recession. So you're going to sit there and ask yourself as an entrepreneur, number one, am I offering the kind of service that people are going to look for or buy during a recession? Or do I need to pivot? Do I need to do something different? Do I need to diversify to start catering for what the market's going to be looking for rather than what my mission is or what my agenda is? Right. So what I'm hearing you say is that, look, um, and I totally agree. I mean, it, during a recession, it's a great time for opportunity. I remember the last recession, actually, my wealth grew substantially, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. So it's an opportunity. And what you, I'm hearing you say is don't be too glued and stuck to your way. Look at the marketplace. What are your customers now requiring? Or do you need to pivot into something that the market demands or, or requires? What are the opportunities and serve the marketplace rather than thinking this is the way I've always done it you have to change at some point right exactly good I love that tell us a little bit about you you've helped so many you know as a direct sales expert you know some people call it network marketing some people call it multi-level marketing it's a business right it's a business system fantastic and you've had the pleasure of Train, uh, building your business in over 65 countries, I believe, the last count. <laughs> done that. And how have you generated sales of more than 1 billion? Because, you know, managing two people is hard enough. Being responsible for thousands of people who are there to generate sales and grow their own income and grow their business, that's a, takes a different type of mindset. How do you do it? So firstly, you can't manage them all. (laughs) And trying to manage them all is definitely not going to work. It's going to be exhausting. Um, The the thing that I focus a lot on is I focus on creating leadership. And what I do is I want to start working with someone from the beginning, Mac. I start with the end in mind. Stephen R. Covey says in his seven habits of highly effective people. With the end in mind. So I tell them from the beginning. I just go, look, I'm not just looking for a partner. I'm looking for someone that is a visionary. I'm looking for a leader. I'm looking for a pioneer. I'm looking for someone that's going to be independent of me. I'm going to work with you for a season, but my ultimate goal is to help you to become independent of me as fast as possible. And one of the things that my mentor said to me, he goes, look, it's one thing to create a sales force, he said, but when you create a sales team of leaders, that's how you're going to have freedom. If you just got a sales force, you've got yourself another job. And you're going to teach people from the beginning how to be solutions-orientated 
And the only way to be able to do that is like one of the key things that I had to learn because it was my development area at the beginning is you got to learn to help people to become empowered to find solutions to their own challenges rather than coming to you all the time with their problems. Right. So in, in the old adage, teach a person to fish rather than just giving them the fish all the time, right? The Bible says, teach a man to fish, etc. Okay, I get it. Good. So empowering them so they become a better leader, more effective at what they're doing so they can produce their own, all, their own results and bring other leaders through as well. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. Love that. Love that. And if you invest enough time and energy in building people up, it could start to create a ripple effect as well. Mm. And, you know, what I love about our business model is that it's all about duplication. So whatever you're going to do, it's going to get duplicated. If you do good things, the good things should get duplicated. If you do bad things, that's going to duplicate as well. So that's one of the things that we've always basically said to our people from the beginning is that it's almost a little bit like parenting, you know, you got to lead by example and you got to show people how it's done and whatever you want them to do, you got to go out and show them how it's done at least four, five, six, ten times if you have to, you know, tell them what to do, but show them what to do. And then at some point, what you got to do is you got to watch them do it before you let them go. Don't look for perfection because it's the biggest thing that I see a lot of entrepreneurs do. You know, I see a lot of small business owners, especially having this kind of mindset of if you want something done, you got to do it yourself, right? Absolutely. That's mindset. <laughs> yeah, that's a broke mindset. And that, that is something that will keep you stuck for years. That, you know, that mindset that if it has to be done, I have to do it. I have to do it all. You can never grow a business that way. You can exactly. never grow a lifestyle that way. You will always be stuck. Even if you don't want to grow a business, but you want to have a great lifestyle, You've got to develop people, even virtual assistants or part-time people to take all the things that take your time. And you've got to, I love what you said, coach them, spend some time with them, let them be able to crawl and eventually walk and then run. And then you can pull back because now they can do it without you. I love that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And the thing is as well, sometimes what, uh, what is also a very big, I want to say pitfall is that People want to feel important. They want to feel significant, right? So sometimes they see someone shining yeah. and instead of letting them to shine more, helping them shine even bigger, they kind of like, they get a little bit uncomfortable with it and almost kind of sabotage it. And the thing is, is that when you do that and, you know, whatever type of business you're in, your biggest job, I, I feel, as an entrepreneur and as a leader, is to create such a powerful space for your team to thrive and help them to become so strong that when you're not, not there, they thrive even more rather than they thrive only when you're there because that serves significance, whereas when you're thriving, when you're not there, that's empowerment. And that's what essentially is going to help your business explode and have freedom. Excellent. I love that. Thank you very much for that. T tell me something, um, Efrasini, what role does personal development play in business or in sales or in leadership or in growing uh, a business? What role does personal development play in all of that? Um, for me, personal development, Mac, is the same thing as having a shower every single day. <laughs> I think it plays a huge role whether it's in business, whether it's my personal life, whether it's in every area that I do. Um, 
because it's um it's the one thing I, I can't remember who said it. I want to say it might have been Abraham Lincoln, but I could be wrong when they said, you know, if let's say, for example, you've got a trip to cut, you've got to spend 80% of your time shopping in the axe and right. 20% right. of your time cutting down the tree. And that's the way that I see personal development as well, is that if you're an entrepreneur, it's almost like you're going to go out there, you're going to pour into your team and you're going to pour into your customers or your clients and you're going to serve them. Well, it's going to be very difficult to do that if you're running from an empty tank. Mm. I feel that, you know, the more you shop in your mind, the more you invest in yourself, the more you keep growing, the more value you're going to be able to add to the environment around you. And that's how the environment around you, whether that may be your business, your clients and so on, your team, is going to flourish. Um, right. I start personally with the first hour of my day. Uh, because it's easy to kind of get absorbed into and live on a reactive basis, but I prefer to live more on a proactive basis. And if I start my day with investing in myself and growing my mindset and seeing, okay, what are the kind of areas that I need to develop right now? Then I can sit there and look at the things that I need to do to grow my business, but coming from a different mindset because I've spent time developing the mindset rather than just going straight into the day-to-day -day kind of stuff. So setting up your, your you start from the morning with your mm -hmm. right intention so you can have a better day, right? So let me ask you this. For those who, doesn't, who don't understand what personal development is, how would you describe that? Um, you gave some great examples just now. Because for many years I've said, look, your business, your wealth, your income can only grow to the extent that you grow. And I'm talking about growing as a person. So what are some strategies you have or you teach your leaders on how they can grow themselves so that they can grow their businesses? Mm -hmm. So one thing is um, reading books. I remember my mentor always told me leaders are readers. And I remember that when he first told me that I was more of an audio person. So I always listen to audios. So when he said to me, what book are you reading? I was telling him the audio book that I was listening to. Oh, okay. and he, no, 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 no. You know, leaders are readers. You got to read as well. And he was very talented. He would, he could have basically what he was doing is that he would read the book and listen to the audio of the book at the same time to really embed it into his sub. Oh, sub really? Yeah. Okay. So what I did is over the years is that depending on the kind of people that I'm mentoring and what level they're at, I have a reading list and I put them in categories based on if they're just starting on their entrepreneurial journey. So first I got to work on the mindset. You know, there's certain favorite books on there, like how to win friends and influence people that I think is something that everybody should read. Mm -hmm. And then of course, as the skills start to get um, stronger, then I go into more technical books, depending on the areas that they need to fine tune. Um, so that's, you know, personal development for me is basically is how you grow, you know, mm. is uh, what things that you're doing on a daily basis in order to grow. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean just listening to podcasts or, or watching videos or um, reading, reading books. I also get uh, my personal development from watching an inspiring movie sometimes. Um, yeah, yeah. Learning a new skill. Also, you know, working out for me, that's a level of personal development because I'm stretching my comfort zone and I think that, you know, sometimes when you're doing something in one area, it transfers to another area. 
um, and also some uh, type of meditation. I know there's lots of different types of meditation. <laughs> I meditate the most, usually when I go for a walk, and that's a daily part of my day as well, because it gives you a chance to reflect. And I think sometimes because we live in such a fast-paced society, yeah. too many people are so busy doing things, they don't stop and reflect for a moment. And usually that's where the best ideas come. If you take a moment to reflect and pause, then you're able to sit there and you know come up with creative ideas how you can be more effective or efficient in what you're actually doing. So I kind of feel like they all come under this that umbrella of personal development. That's my yeah. it's my perspective. And I, I I do I do agree with you because that personal development space is so huge. It, you know it could be uh, relationships, it could be uh, communication, it could be uh, how you manage money, how you deal with money, like you. Yeah. Said your physical aspect, your spiritual aspects, meditation, prayer, whatever it is. So if, uh, if, some, if a business owner is struggling in one area, often there is someone who's already been there, done that, and yeah. been through it. Like you said, you can read their book. And often you can go to their seminar, their workshops, all these kind of things, but all that is part of the personal development journey. Yeah. And all too often I have professionals who come to me and you know they're professional they, they're accountants they are architects and they are lawyers all these kind of people and trying to grow their business yeah. and what they have been doing for years is what's called professional development yeah or their professional bodies say you've got to qualify for this you have to have so many hours of this every single year but mm -hmm. the one thing that's going to help them to elevate their business that's not professional development it's important is like you said, it's the personal development where yeah. if you want to learn sales, if you want to learn relationships, you want to learn communications, all those soft skills, as well as if your health is not great, guess what? It's going to affect your output. It's going to affect your productivity. That's all personal development. So I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Now, for those people who are, you've, you've worked with sales teams, you've worked with marketing teams, someone who's trying to grow their business, what would you say would be, uh, so they, they're not new to business, they've been in business for a while, but they now want to elevate it to the next level. What clues would you give or what would you say are maybe two or three things you can do to start growing that business? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I always uh, highlight, especially when I'm mentoring people, is that I look at if, let's say, you were to break down your business in different areas. Mm looked at what are your biggest income producing activities okay and you were able to narrow it down because this is one of the things that i'm finding mac is that there's so many people so many entrepreneurs that have all these tasks that they need to do on a daily basis and wow. the majority of the time they're spending time valuable time on things that they could outsource to anybody and their biggest income producing activities is something that is get left as when I can fit it into my schedule rather than becoming a number one priority. Right. So I find that making a shift, okay, from going, okay, here's my income producing activities, my biggest income producing activities, number one. And number two, what is my prime time, you know, where I am most effective and my business is most effective? And that's the time that I will spend doing the biggest income producing activities. 
when you make that shift, I find that a lot of businesses just from that one shift, when they're able to make it, their business starts to literally like start growing like crazy because they're spending too much time focusing on the wrong things and it changes the focus on the right things. I love that. Wow. <laughs> Simple, but effective, right? Then they put in their time, energy and attention on the biggest things that's going to move the lever, that's going to move the whole thing. So I love that. Thank you. You know, earlier you talked about personal development. Yeah. And we spent a bit of time on it. And it's just come to my mind for those people who think, yes, that makes sense. I need to grow myself. What are, and you said leaders are readers. What are two or three books that will help that person to grow their business? That's a must read. Now, it could be in the area of, communication leadership it could be business mechanics how to business strategy it could what what are three books that you say this is a must if you want to get to your next level okay so uh the first book that i always believe is a must as a man thinking as a man yes because you got to get the mindset right okay it doesn't matter if you have the right strategies if the mindset is not right the strategies are not going to work Mm -hmm. um, the second book and it's a classic and I know everybody probably talks about this but I know it's helped me a lot and it's a book I probably read I usually read it once every year or two okay uh, how to influence and influence people wow yes Yeah, because I think that relationships are absolutely key and I see so many people essentially losing businesses because they're not able to either be the best listener really understand where the team's coming from, connect and build a highly functional team as well, which is a key. And that comes down to communication and relationships. That's Dale Carnegie, right? Yeah, right. exactly. Carnegie, yes. Um, you have to win and, friends and influence people. Yeah, go ahead. And of course, the biggest classic, Think and Grow Rich, because I think right. Think and Grow Rich has just got, it's got lessons about everything. It's got lessons about yourself, about business, about mindset, about leadership, about decision making. I think pretty much anybody, uh, anything that you need to learn about business, you can pick it up from Think and Grow Rich, even though it was written, what, 100 years ago? But yeah. it's still relevant today. And um, I think what, around 19, 1920s, I think it was written. So yeah, almost yeah. 100 years ago, like you said. Yeah. But it's still relevant today. Fantastic. Exactly. Three great books. Yeah, go on. I want to add a bonus in there as well. Oh, really? We're getting a bonus, people. Listen up, listen up. This is Alamedes you're listening to. She has developed uh, teams of thousands of people around the world, got contacts in over 65 countries that she's trained and got involved with, generated over a billion dollars in terms of sales revenues for her and her team members. Amazing. So you're talking about, we're talking with someone who doesn't talk it, but actually walks it and does it every single day. I've seen her in action. So believe you me, you're listening to something <laughs> very powerful here. Go ahead. Give us a bonus. Um, so the bonus book, I know that it really definitely helped me because it took me a while in order to connect with this. We'll start with why. Mm. Um, I don't know if you've, uh, if you've read that book. Is that Simon Sinek? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. And... Uh, oh. And I remember, you know, they used to talk about this when I first got into personal development, they always used to say, find your wife, your wife doesn't make you cry, it's not big enough. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. I just want to make money and have residual income and be free. 
Right. And the thing is, is that the the more I got deeper into it as an entrepreneur, the more I realized that, you know what, when you take the money away, when you take everything else away, and you start connecting with something deeper, deeper and something bigger, that's what's going to get you through the tough times. And as we're getting ready to go through a recession, if you're building a business for the money, the recessions, chances are it's going to, you know, make a big, take a big punch at you. Right. If you start connecting with something bigger, there's something magical. There's like a force that has been created within your business when you buy into a bigger mission than you. And then all of a sudden your team buy into a bigger mission than you and your clients buy into a bigger mission than you. When you connect all those strings, these things together, it makes it makes it a very special combination. And I believe that it's one of the keys in terms of going into a recession. It's going to make it more powerful than what the economy can do. I'm not saying it's going to be unstoppable, but I do believe it plays a magical role in it. Absolutely. You know, um, you're absolutely right in what you're saying. The why is so, so important. I think it was, um, it'll come back to me in a moment, that a lot of business owners are trying to figure out how, how do I do this? How do I, how do I do it? But when the why is clear, how you do it will become even simpler because you become more resourceful. You'll find the help, you'll find the people, you'll figure out, you'll put the pieces together. And so that that's so, so, so important, uh, finding your why. Now, in a moment, I want to, um, so let's do this. For those people who say, hey, I, I love what Efrasini is saying. I, I love what this she's coming out with and all this bombs she's giving us and nuggets. How do people connect with you furthermore if they want to learn more from you or they want to connect with you? What's the best and easiest way to do that? Well, they can simply go to my website at forsiniadamidis.com. I'm sure it's probably going to be on the show notes. because Okay, we'll, a- we'll put it in. <laughs> um, but uh, I also have a podcast as well, so they can go on to Spotify or, or um, you know, Apple Podcasts or any of the big platforms and search Freedom Creators Podcast because that's always been my passion. That's why I became an entrepreneur, is to help people to create freedom. Uh, and that's one way that they can basically plug in, listen, learn. And of course, on my website, then it's got all my contact details as well. So if there's anything that I can do to add value to your audience, Mac, they can feel free to reach out. Uh, it's a great yeah. podcast because I've been a guest on it. You invited me as a guest recently. Exactly. And it was good stuff. It was really good, really good podcast. Check it out, guys. Uh, in a moment, Efrasini, you know, you talked about mission and why i'm going to come back to you in a moment to ask you what your mission is what is your why why do you do what you do and i know you you haven't wavered from there since whenever it was you know 2006 2007 you've been the same you've been doing that and you've been doing that internationally helping people now so i'm going to ask you what the why is for everyone listening in remember if you like this podcast you like this show click the like button, make a comment in terms of what stood out for you or what you're going to take away from this. And also, if you're not subscribed, subscribe or follow. Make sure that you are subscribed or following so you can be pinged anytime a new a new one, a new show is dropped like this so you can be notified as well. So follow, like, subscribe, and also make comments as well. Now, over to Efrasini, Adamides. Now, all the way from Cyprus, what is your mission what is your why 
<laughs> so my mission, uh, Mac, is to help create 1,000 first-time millionaires. I've done 32 so far, so I've got a long way to go. And the reason I focus on that is because in order for someone to become a self-made millionaire, they're going to impact a lot more lives in order to get there. So what I have in my mind is that a thousand first-time millionaires is going to impact tens of thousands of other leaders that's going to impact millions and millions of other lives. And I feel like it's my way of basically giving back to the world to create a massive ripple effect of positive change. Because, you know, the one thing that's always basically driven me for a very long time is that I don't want to be forgotten. And the only way to become memorable is to make a difference and make a massive difference. You know, I want to be the kind of person that uh, when people like when my time comes and nobody knows when that time is, that your name still remains because of making a, a shift in the world, a positive shift in the world. And especially right now, because the world needs it. Awesome. I love that. You know, leaving a legacy and the amount of people that you've influenced anyway, I don't think your name is going to weigh too, too <laughs> All the work you're doing, you know, when you mention people like Napoleon Hill, uh, even after 100 years, people are still reading his stuff and dealing with stuff. So that's all fantastic. And it's a great purpose. You've got 32 uh, millionaires already, you've got a thousand today. So you've got, a, you've got some work to do. And here's <laughs> that stage. And if they are anything like you, beautiful soul, beautiful person, great wanting to help people to become free and not stuck in their life if anything if they're anything like you these thousand people i'm sure it's going to exceed more than a thousand millionaires will have that will have that butterfly effect where they there's a yeah. little effect where i think they will affect so many other people that will help the world change and more awesome people like you on this planet so on that note i want to say thank you Thank you. Thank you for being on the show with us. Thank you for giving us so much wisdom and so much knowledge and information that we can go away and utilize. Thank you. Well, Mac, thank you for having me. More importantly, thank you for being such a great role model and example. I am following in your footsteps. You play a very big impact in my life, whether you realize that or not. So it is an honor to come on your show and it's an honor to call you a friend. You're most welcome. Likewise. Much love and God bless until we speak again, okay? Take care.